students. Welcome. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's me, Brother Lawson. Brother Wing's with me. How are you, Brother Wing? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Good. You deserve it. You deserve to be wonderful. Um, I was thinking about my mission. I think I think about my mission all the time. I'm not sure that there's anybody that really had such a good time as a missionary than I did. I, I went on my mission to the West Indies. Um and it was it was remarkable. And I've like next year, I will have been home from my mission for 30 years. No, it was no, I won't be have been home. I will have it had been 30 years ago that I left on my mission. But I still so many memories are so like they're etched in my mind. And I know over time, like stories change and stuff like that. But this story, uh I had an experience as a missionary that that really bothered me. And so I'd like to share it with you now, Brother Wing, if you and our and our seven listeners to our podcast. Bring it on. Um, the so there was a lady on my mission. This is on the on the island of Trinidad. And um there was a lady that missionaries had worked with before. Just this lady's the kindest lady. She had two daughters, super sweet girls. This lady ran a like a nursery or a like a preschool at her house. And she just was a neat, neat lady. She had also lived with her husband in air quotes. They were, they lived a common law marriage as many people did there. And she lived with him for like 25 years, right? They had two teenage daughters together and we taught her the gospel. He wasn't so much interested, but we taught her the gospel. She wanted to be baptized. We're like, well, you got to be married. And so she's like, Oh, this is such a big decision. Such a big step. And and so the husband's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can commit to that. I'm like, you guys have lived together for 25 years. This is nothing. And so they, we took him down to the post office because that's where you get married in Trinidad was at the post office. And they got married. And it was awesome. And then she got, she got baptized. And it was, I mean, it was glorious. She gave a talk in church. She was, uh, had a, call, a church calling. I got transferred from Trinidad to Guyana where I, I think I was in Guyana for maybe three months. And while I was in Guyana, I, I heard that this good sister and her family, her teenage daughters had left the church. I was like, what? No, it's impossible. Like they'd met with missionaries for years. They got baptized and had callings. It was awesome. When I came back from Guyana to Trinidad to serve on, on Trinidad, I went down to where she lived and and she was very friendly. She said, hey, Elder Lawson, we missed you. It's so good to see you again. And I was like, did you leave the church? <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, we did. We joined another church. And I was stunned. I was stunned. In fact, I don't know. exactly. I just know that I think that I was mad. I think I was pretty confused. You know, I'm sure I didn't handle it the best I, I could have. Um, but. I think I can relate a little bit to Paul in Galatians in chapter one. He had taught the Galatians the gospel. They had been converted. And then there's a group of people that came in uh, that were also Christians. They were Jewish Christians. And they they kind of added to the, the gospel that Paul had taught, taught them, but they'd added things that weren't really part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these new converts believe that they believe that they needed to to follow these new teachings from this this other group 
And so Paul in his letter to the Galatians uh, says, I marvel in verse six of chapter one, that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. This is stunning to Paul. So I think the question that we could ex- explore today is, I think that most of our listeners and and you and I both, we have friends and family uh, members who we marvel that they have removed themselves from the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, as found in the church of Jesus Christ. So what can we, what are we supposed to do? Why does that happen? And, and what can we do when individuals who we know and love, what, what are we to understand about that? That when they leave the gospel and we're marveling over it. Yeah. And it's troubling to us because we see that there are people that we love and care about are going to unnecessarily suffer or like, like, so we think, you know, that they're going to unnecessarily suffer because they're removing themselves from the blessings of, of the fullness of the gospel. And so that's why it's upsetting to us um, to see that in any case, we never know exactly what's going on with that person, you know, and what's happened in this case with the Galatians, it seems that Paul at least does have a pretty good idea of what's happened here. And that maybe has, raised his ire even more because he knows what's happened. And I just want to give that explanation because I think it has good application for us today. What had happened is Jewish Christians had come in and kind of polluted the minds of of these Galatian converts into thinking that they had to live old Jewish practices in order to be good Christians, you know, or good followers of Jesus Christ. So they're not they're not Jews that had rejected Christ and they're trying to get these Christians to become Jews. They're Jewish Christians who have overly adopted traditional old viewpoints about specifically about practices of the law of Moses and then imposed those onto the practices of these Galatian converts. And these Galatian converts had been duped by it. <laughs> and that's where um, Paul is like frustrated by by all of this, not just that these, he seems to be less angry about the Jewish Christians that had deceived them and more frustrated by the fact that these Galatians would, would be deceived by it. And so in one way, Galatians chapter one is a pretty good chapter on how not to be deceived. And so whether we're talking about someone else who has left truth um, or been deceived in some way by it or by falsehoods, or we're talking about ourselves in protecting ourselves to not be deceived. This is a pretty good chapter on, on, a, on avoiding that deception, but whenever it happens, it's shocking, you know, or it should be shocking really um, to us. And in fact, like you've told a mission story here. I got one for you. Oh, There's this, <laughs> there this time on my mission where my companion and I had basically tracked the whole town that we were in. I mean, we were, we were diligent. We had, we had basically felt like we had knocked on every street in this town. We're like, where are we going to go? Like we, and then we found as one time we had gone up in this kind of outskirts neighborhood. And then when we were there one time, we found a road and we saw cars driving up that road. So we're like, Oh, there must be another neighborhood up at the top of this hill. And we couldn't see up there, but we were like, let's, let's try that next time. Well, the next time we go there, it had snowed um, that day and it was that, that road up this, side of the mountain was was 
iced over. But you know, we're driving a Toyota Corolla, so we were fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we um we go we go up this road and about three quarters of the way up there, the the car just has no traction and it actually my companion was driving. He tries to go in reverse to go back down. But at that point we'd lost control. And so we slide, <laughs> we slide a little way. And then now the car's like perpendicular in the road, but on one side is a huge ditch, which would wreck the car. If we slid into the ditch on the other side is a drop off where we're dead. And so we, we both get out of the car, but we can barely stand. We didn't know it was that icy and we can barely stand on this road. And, um, my companion refuses to get back in the car. And so I get back in the car to try to slowly, carefully guide this car back in, back down the hill. And I remember when my foot touched the the brake pedal that it was like, I was like nervous. It was my, it was, my foot was even like fidgety, you know? And um, it was so slick that my companion could actually get on the back of the car and from the outside, push the car to straighten oh, it up. Yes. <laughs> and so I remember thinking to myself, heavenly father, if you get me out of this problem, then I will be perfect. I will never <laughs> do anything wrong again. Like, And uh, we slowly, carefully inch that car down, back down this hill, you know, about a hundred yards probably. And, <laughs> Very slowly. We make it to the bottom of the hill. Not only did we survive the incident, but we didn't even wreck the car, you know, which was the Lord's car. Right. And, um, and so, and I remember just thinking I was, I just was beaming for the rest of the day. I was like, so thankful, so happy, so humble, you know, and everything. And I think Paul could have come to me the very next day and said, I marvel elder wing that you are now like not as humble as you were yesterday, you know, or did you forget how God like totally bailed you out of a terrible, silly mistake that you made? And you didn't even suffer any consequences of that mistake. And yet here you are being whatever I was the, the very next day. And so I think this, this principle applies in so many ways that it's easy for a fallen man to, to uh, lose sight of the savior. Yeah. Um, in his or her life. And, and that here comes uh, someone like a Paul, a church leader who has the obligation to correct falsehood. And so when someone's gone astray um, by, by tricky, subtle, deceptive, manipulative preaching that's done in a wide range of ways in our world, that we just want to be careful to stay focused on the savior. And that's where the scriptures come in, you know, to, to help us with that. Um, I'm going to read a poem now. Oh, is it one you wrote yourself? It's not, it's not a poem I wrote. It's, this is actually a good poem. So <laughs> this poem was quoted by president Ballard um, back in 2010. And I think this, this is like a, when I'm, I'm trying to answer Paul's question here, you know, which I'm making the verse into a question, but he goes, I marvel that you so soon be removed. How is it that you could be so, quickly removed, you know, mm -hmm. well, here's maybe an answer to that question. So president Ballard quoted Johnny Ray Ryder jr. This poem called the Oak tree, a mighty wind blew night and day. It stole the Oak trees leaves away, then snapped its boughs and pulled its bark until the Oak was tired and stark. 
but still the oak tree held its ground while other trees fell all around. The weary wind gave up and spoke. How can you still be standing, oak? The oak tree said, I know that you can break each branch of mine in two, carry every leaf away, shake my limbs and make me sway. But I have roots stretched in the earth, growing stronger since my birth. You'll never touch them, for you see, they are the deepest part of me. Until today, I wasn't sure of just how much I could endure. But now I've found, with thanks to you, I'm stronger than I ever knew. And to me, that poem illustrates what's necessary for us to stay strong in truth. And that is that we, um, we feast daily on the scriptures, um, that we're seeking the Lord in the scriptures, that we're seeking to repent. And I think that's what the rest of Galatians is going to bear out, that Paul emphasizes that we're coming to Christ, that we're receiving his message, not just in our ears, or even in our just in our minds, but we're receiving this message in our hearts so that we can actually have the Holy Ghost to protect us and push our spiritual roots deep, you know, through this practice of daily feasting on the scriptures in a way that we're repenting and drawing closer to Jesus Christ and focusing fully on him. Yeah, I love that. I, I like that. I I even like that poem. I think that that daily practice of engaging in the true gospel of Jesus Christ, rather than what can I find on TikTok today that uh, that can help me forget all the spiritual experiences that I've had in my life, that probably is uh, a better practice. Um, spending time with the true gospel, rather than rehearsing our doubts. And our mis- and our lack of understanding. Uh, if we if we seek understanding, we're seeking revelation uh, from the source of truth. God will will never will always be better off than by seeking revelation from Google. And uh, how's that for? That's a great truth for you, students. We're glad that you uh, listened to this podcast today. Uh, we want you to join us every time on Answers to Gospel Questions and share this podcast with others, why don't you? Until next time, everybody, love God, stay righteous. Stay righteous.